0: pause for thought and join in the barking with darren rowe on the mindful dog if you have a question about your animal now though is the chance to get it in do you have a dog does your dog have some issues i've got darren rowe from mindfulness for dogs in the hamilton studio good morning to you darren good morning mel how
1: are you going I'm, it's, it's a beautiful sunny day here and I've actually done something very similar with the caffeine. I've, I'm about three weeks now without having caffeine.
0: Oh, so you're so actually well, doing it
1: still because yeah, I've, I've yeah. fallen off I've the wagon many. I've tried it many times over the years and, and I've last, last, the longest I've lasted is about a year and a half, I think, before I've had one.
0: Well, I've, I didn't go, like, I went, I think, for a week with none, but that wasn't going to work. So I, I reduced it, but it's just, and I felt really good
1: by just having the one cup. But, yeah, fallen off yeah. the wagon, big See, time. I've just gone for the decafs. I'm still having the coffee, but it um, still tastes like coffee, but you don't get the buzz. That's what I need to do.
0: I need to bring... <laughs> see, they've got we've Use got a generally. great coffee machine here at Central, at MediaWorks Central in Auckland. Pretty it's good. incredible. So yeah. I need to just bring in a, a thing of instant decaf so I can get over myself and get back with a slightly less cortisol cruising around my body. <laughs> Let's talk animals, uh, dogs. Have you got your dogs with you in the studio this morning?
1: No, I don't think Angie would be too happy if I had all eight of them in here.
0: And it's because Angie, <laughs> our newsreader, reads the news out of Hamilton as well. So let's talk maybe about introducing dogs into your home, introducing a rescue dog, because you've got a story about this, haven't you?
1: Yeah, so so I, I, I broke one of my cardinals in, uh, cardinal rules, I guess, um, recently. I don't normally take on a dog that I'm training, because um, obviously people are having problems with it, and, and the easy option is just to hand it over to a dog trainer. But, um, but this week, I trained a, a beautiful little border collie, and, and it has to be a border collie for this to be even close to uh, breaking that rule so it was beautiful border collie um little blue and white one and um she is the sister of star and, and you met star when he was a little puppy on, oh, on the right. cafe there he was lovely so looks identical but the ears pop up rather than flat (laughs) generally yeah so um so this little doggy was having a bit of a hard time in the family um the match uh potentially for the dog wasn't the best one There were young young kids and it was quite an anxious nervous dog and it started developing um behavioral issues towards men aggression all that kind of stuff the classic sort of behaviors of collies unfortunately when they're not socialized properly or or exercise well and of course because it was um quite reactive to dogs and to to people they couldn't get it out because it was trying to sort of take people out as they're walking past so, so the chain of events were just getting worse and worse for this dog and, and um, I made a call that I actually offered to, to take the dog which um, shocked myself certainly shocked my wife um, <laughs> but there you go anyway so I, it got me thinking that we're about a week a week in now and she's settled in really well she's um, Twinkle's um, favourite uh, buddy now so they just run around and play all day and, and we've managed to integrate her into the to family of seven dogs really really well um, we had a couple of sort of instances that have been dealt with. But it made me think that this is something that people do on a regular basis. They have a really good dog and they think, oh it'd be really nice to get another friend and it doesn't always go that way, unfortunately. Sometimes it can end up worse for the dog. And yeah. I think I've just got a couple of things to talk about that can help ease that initial introduction because it really is about that first introduction that sets everything up from that point onwards. So what's the first thing you need to do? Yeah, so the first thing we did, um and just by default of me going out and doing the training but what I'd recommend people to do is to go and visit the dog on a regular basis before you take the dog okay and start to build a bit of a bond with that dog outside of your house and outside of your other dog so um, normally we just bring the dog in and then we try and form that bond and the dog's quite lost and they may have been going through um, well they're probably going through the, the effective equivalent of doggy grief when they've been pulled away from their families. that's quite a big one for them. The whole world has been um, turned upside down. So forming that bond, doing some really sort of fun motivational games with a dog, maybe doing a bit of tuggy as long as they're not too aggressive and you're encouraging um, the biting of of your hands and stuff like that. But just building that bond with your dog before you bring them into your house is a really good idea. And and also really um, uh, concreting the bond that you have with your existing dogs or dog. Um, definitely. So start to do a bit more training with those, start to get their focus on you a little bit more, so that when you bring them together, they're both focused on you and not necessarily focused on each other. Okay, so that's the first thing you need to do. Yep. So you've made a decision you're going to bring one home. When you bring them home, the first thing I do is I put my existing dogs away um, so that they can't see each other, and I bring this little one out, this new one out, into the garden, and I let them explore their world. And without a dog being there straight away and quite often people just throw the dogs together and just hope for the best and it Mm. it very rarely works when you do that sometimes it does but very rarely so let them let them experience the whole of the garden we've got about an acre and a half of paddock there so she just wandered around a little star wandered around sniffed all the trees (coughs) um obviously smelled all the urine and, and all that kind of stuff that our dogs have so they're getting to know each other already she peed a little bit um and basically just just chilled out I played some little games I played some tuggy with her um was running around all those kind of nice things to do and then what we did was we put her away and then we brought the other dogs out um of course they did the same thing they ran around they sniffed this new dog Right, so it's all about the smells at the stage. It's all about the smells. Remember, remember dogs' noses are way, way, way better. They've got millions of sense sales more than we have. Mm. So so when they smell the the urine that's on the floor, they can get, it's basically like a business card, I guess, but a CV as well. So they can work out exactly what that dog is. So so my dogs would have sniffed um, uh, Star's urine and realised that it was, um she's a little girl, that she'd been um, spayed the age all those kind of things what her hormone level was whether she was stressed out all those kind of things because talking about cortisol levels you earlier on Mm. and and that will be in that in that urine so they'll be able to work out what kind of dog it is so all that sort of thing's really important to be done before we even meet and i think that's something that generally people miss out completely um we're fortunate we've got a decent sort of paddock to put them in Um, but this could be done in the park but obviously it's going to be done on a lead then
0: Right. Okay. So you need to do this first. So, dog, yeah. you, you, the puppy comes in. You let them go around. You lock your other dog away, and then you swap them out. So you put the puppy away and bring the other dogs out.
1: Yeah, and it might not be a puppy. It might be an older dog. Um, but this, this is this is what we do, and you know, we've introduced what three or four dogs into mm-hmm. our family now, and we've we've not really had many issues we've got one issue with one dog and that's just a a male male thing it just happened to be timing with testosterone and stuff like that but we're getting through that one again just taking a bit longer um but yeah basically that's that's what we do it works really well once you've got that and they, <clears throat> they they've sort of sniffed each other's um uh, bits and bobs and, and all that kind of stuff and then what we do is we we bring them out so we bring um we've got obviously the seven dogs so we do this this took all day pretty much um so we bring one dog out at a time make sure there's two owners and they're on the lead now i know a lot of people were saying oh but you should introduce dogs off lead so they can run away but actually if you do it correctly on lead then you can start to build trust and respect for each other so if you if you're gonna about to do this one grab a pen um i will be putting up a blog on the, on the website this week um so you can uh, get it there but basically bring the dogs together mm-hmm. bring them together about two meters apart on the lead, um, and then see what happens, because this is when the tension's gonna build. You wanna keep the leads nice and loose if you can, particularly on a harness if, you, if that's easier. Um, and what you'll find is they'll, they'll look at each other. You should get this body language mirroring, so they'll look at each other, one will look away, then they'll look back and they'll look away, and they'll start to build rapport in the same way that people do. So they might look at the side, they might be sniffing on the floor, if you're getting signs of um, sort of yawning and the tongue going right up around the nose, then that's a stress sign. But it's also a signal to the other dog that you're too much. Because some dogs are just like, you know, they just stare at you, don't they? Mm. And they're quite intimidating. And, and the other dog will do all these little signals to say, look, that's too much. That's not the type of dog that's going to get on. If you get two of them and just stare at each other for 10 minutes, it ain't going to work. Pretty much. Not at that point, anyway. <clears throat> so, so if they're doing the right things, then what we'll do is we'll bring them nose to nose for three seconds. Now just get a sniff of each other and then we take them away. Now when you take them away Really important how you do it. You bring the lead down low and then steer them away You don't lift the lead up because if you lift the lead up you make them look really aggressive And then you could cause a fight and that's why most problems on leads happen with dogs hmm. So bring the lead down and pull them away to the side and ideally one, get, one goes to the left one goes to the right Quite technical, this. <laughs> I know. This is why you th- you're going to do a blog about this part, isn't it? So Definitely, we don't have yeah. to write all the notes. I've got a few videos. So. <laughs> and, and then you bring them back to that meter, that two meters, and see what falls out. Because they've, they've done the worst bit. They've said hello to each other. Then you're going to see how they really get on. And you might get screaming and shouting and growling. And then you know, where it's not going to work. But if they're relatively okay, then they'll probably be pulling to get to see each other. I don't let them come in then and go round and do that bum sniffing thing Mm -hmm. because that's where the tension builds up and that's where normally you get the fights. So what we do at that point, we leave it for a couple of minutes to let, so again, see what happens. And then we just go for a walk. We keep about a meter between us and if they naturally then come in and sniff each other, then we allow that, obviously watching if we need to pull the dogs away, but just let it naturally just happen rather than forcing the issue. We force issues of dogs to get together so much and they're not comfortable, they are not confident and when you're not confident you end up doing silly things well absolutely so what's the next step then yeah so so we're walking along we've got the dogs walking quite nicely they've settled over. keep looking at each other they may have had a little sniff of each other then my older dog who i know i bought out first because it's a confident one obviously if you've only got one dog then that's just the dog you're going to bring out if it's the rescue dog is the elder dog then let the rescue dog off lead first so you're always going to let the older dog off because they should have set that routine up now you've got to remember that not all dogs are built the same and uh, um, a seven or eight year old is effectively a 70 year old dog so a 70 year old person right. so not going to want a two year old which is um, like a small puppy jumping all over them so the kind of relationships you get um, we bought star out with um fred fred's now eight and a half and star looked at it looked at fred Got the lay of the land, and then he just walked around um, next to each other, but didn't really jump on each other. Yeah, when I bought out Twinkle, who's the same age, exactly the same age as um, Star, it was all on massive play. They were jumping all over each other, all those kind of things. Yeah, <clears throat> so so it's got to be appropriate to the dog. What you don't want to do, though, is you let one dog off, then you wander around. Um, then that's building the, the sort of boundaries and building the trust. And this is the most important one, the trust. If you have dogs build, if the dogs build trust up together, then when they're off lead and they make mistakes, they're not likely to hurt each other because they're going to go, oh, that's Twinkle. That's what she does. Yeah? Right. And that's the important thing. It's building that trust. And that might take two or three, um, might take weeks, yeah, to build the trust, having one dog off lead and the other off lead, and before you let all of them off lead. But in an ideal world, they get on really well, and then you would let the other dog off. for maybe five minutes and then put them back on the lead. What you don't want, if you think about it, when dogs start to play, they get more and more energetic. They get more and more excited. And if they don't have that switch to turn off, which a lot of rescue dogs don't, then it becomes aggression because they've gone too far. Absolutely. If you have
0: a question for animal behaviourist Darren Rowe, you can get it into us now. 3920 is the text or 0800 844 747. It's the Sunday Cafe on Magic Talk. 18 past nine. If you've got a question about your dog, 3920 or 0800 844 747. Now, Darren, before we finish up with talking about how to introduce a dog or a rescue dog into your house, there are a few questions. i better flick through some of them now. How do you stop the dog chasing
1: cats and birds? How do we stop? So, first of all, we've got to think about the instinct of a dog. Now, dogs generally are um, one of four different breeds, but probably the ones that are chasing the birds and that are going to be hunters or herders, okay? So your collies or your your terriers, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So so it's naturally their instinct to do that. So that's the first thing to understand. They're not being naughty. That's their natural behaviours. Unless you put that hunting on cue then it's going to naturally happen. So so we do a um a little bit of training where we teach the dogs to to take food from the floor on command and that starts them um, that's their hunting so we throw a treat we give or sorry, we give the command we throw the treat and then they go and get the treat. Okay? And then that makes them think that they can only go and get things when they're told to. And that's the same it, it, Over a period of time, it kind of um, pervades into their normal life where they can only go and get the cat, they can only go and get the bird if we say, go search, go find it. Mm. So it's about putting that hunting on command, but also exercising that chase drive. And there's lots of toys and things you can use to do that. If you can vent that that chase drive from from a herding dog, then it won't come out when you don't want it to.
0: Laurie has a question saying we have a small dog that continually flicks its tongue out. What can be done to stop this?
1: Oh, is it a cross between a, a snake? Um, <laughs> Voldemort. Um, do you know I, Yeah, I, I've never heard that one. Um, if it's a little... My first thought, is, does she say what type of dog it is? Because if it's a little no. shih tzu, um, that might be just trying to clear its airwaves. So some of those brachiophilic dogs, they they do that to clear their airwa- uh, clear their airwaves. Right. Um, it's more than likely a habit that it's got into. Um, and I'm not... I'm, I'm actually quite stuck. I would probably check to see if there's a medical problem. But... Um, no, but you've just stumped me there. I don't I? know. Okay. <laughs> I'll have
0: to think many... about that one. <laughs> we can't help with the tongue. Um, more questions, yeah. though. This is from Judy. My corgi crossed I came from the pound. I have had him for two years, and he's still biting us. He also barks madly in the <clears> car when a noisy truck and a
1: trailer or a motorcycle passes. Right. So, first of all, very important. If he's biting you at two, that's a serious issue, okay? Dogs... Um, wh- all behaviours that dogs do is calculated, they're thinking about what they're doing Okay, so if he's chosen to bite you then it's a strategy that he knows works to get his own way or to stop you doing something that he doesn't want, so you have to um, get a canine behaviourist in to help you here Okay, this isn't something, as soon as we get aggression, it isn't something that you want to just deal with by looking on YouTube, get a professional in get them to assess your dog and get some real serious advice, okay, because there could be a whole load of different things that have happened. He's presumably not had bite inhibition, um, which means um, he doesn't know how hard he can bite, if that makes sense. So, yeah, very serious. Get a canine behaviourist in to help you that one.
0: Another question from Rachel. We have a rehomed three-year-old full female black lab. She is so loving and gentle, but can't let her off the lead. If we do, she takes off and has no ears and ideas how to stop and control this. Thank you, please. <laughs>
1: yeah, so so recall is probably the biggest problem that most people have. They, they let their dog off the lead too quickly. Um, we haven't let um, Little Star um, off lead. Um, in our paddock we have obviously but if we take her out she's not going to go off lead for probably about a year and a half and the reason being I want to build a relationship with her that she, um, there's, there's no one else in her world apart from me so if she runs off and I call her I want that one name just just star and then she's going to come straight back um, so we build lots of we do lots of toy play around us, we do lots of treating, we, we reinforce positions around us so that basically there's no other place you'd want to be um, and I think people miss that out, they get a dog and they just let them off lead because they think they need the exercise there's many ways to exercise a dog but you've got to build your value or the dog's value so you've got to build the value for you okay before you let the dog off because if you not go if you don't have any value then why would it come back to you mm. so think about that training yeah
0: Carl has a question from Whanganui my seven-year-old Bichon has started to get aggressive and then bite me when I tell him off for simple things like dragging the cushions off the couch any tips appreciated
1: yeah. So, so if your dog, first of all, if you're telling your dog off, you're actually validating and rewarding the behaviors that they're doing. So, um, without realising, you're making that worse. So, when the dog does that and grabs things, it doesn't realise it's doing anything right. But if you tell it off, you're you're saying, "Yep, that's the behaviour I want." Yeah, you're giving it energy. You're you're making it um, making it special. So, first thing you do is you you don't tell him off because um, he's basically thinking that he's um, doing it right. And then you go and grab it off him. So he's going to use his teeth to stop you, especially if it's a really high-value prize. What you could be doing without realising is developing a resource-guarding issue, which isn't something you want with a dog, especially a bichon, I guess, because they've got, they're quite small and they're quite nippy sometimes. Mm-hmm. So if you take it away from him, he's going to want it even more. If you turn him off, you're validating that behaviour. So basically ignore it, but get something that's more important to him and then t- entice him away with that. So therefore, he's not, you're not turning him off for doing a bad, bad behaviour. He's making the choice then to come and do the right thing, then promote the hell out of that one, and then he's going to choose that behaviour again. Good stuff, Darren Shifting Rowe. Down the other way, yeah.
0: Animal behaviourist is on the, in the studio, while well in the Hamilton studio via <laughs> sort of technology these days. And we are taking your questions, your calls. We've got another few minutes for calls or texts as well. Three nine two zero is the text. 0800 844 747 is the phone number. Just getting back to mm. introducing the rescue dog into your house. So you've got it to the stage where you've you've sorted them out on the leads, and you've been working through that. What is the next thing you need to be thinking about?
1: Yeah so there are a couple of flashpoints that could cause problems with, um, with rescue dogs and bearing in mind most of these rescue dogs have probably been living on their own so they're not used to sharing things and that's where most of the issues um, come. Also you've probably got a bit of jealousy with your older dog that suddenly there's this new kid on the block and they're getting all the attention. So first of all you need to make sure that you are um, balancing your attention on both dogs. Don't don't promote one dog above the other. So don't become the hierarchical person where it's an, it's your older dog. So you treat them in a different way to the younger to the new dog. Okay. Make sure you're balancing that out. That's really important because that will breed jealousy. If, if dogs are jealous, which I think they probably are, um, and that can cause fights. So the other thing is, feed them in a crate. Don't 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 even take the risk that feeding them together is um, could cause all sorts of uh, aggression and fighting you, you have no idea where the background of this this um, new dog whether they whether they've eaten around people whether they where they're resource guarders of food so put them in a crate that's not going to happen then you can take that away you can bring the crates closer together so that they get used to eating together and then you know after a while you can bring them out but but don't don't set yourself up to fail from the very beginning when it comes to food definitely okay likewise i always um put them sleep uh, in a crate i don't just throw them in a kennel and, and uh, expect them to get on overnight so put them in a crate give them their own special places to uh, make sure that they feel safe and calm and that's probably the two big things um I'm also going to give the dogs a bit of time out. So my older dog, again, isn't used to having another dog around. So if that dog is constantly in their face, they're going to get really annoyed. And if it's an older dog, they're going to come in a bit hard and probably tell them off. And that's quite appropriate. But we don't want that all the time, do we? Mm -hmm. Because they've got to set those boundaries. So I'm going to give my dogs time out. Not, Not time out in a bad way, but I'm going to give them time out from each other so they can go and sit down and chill out and know that the other dog's not there. And then I'll bring them back together when they're supervised. And I'm going to slowly do that over time so that they can build that trust, build that respect from each other and, and start to build a family bond. Yes, because that's what it's all about, isn't it? Having that it is, nice yeah. family bond. It is indeed. A
0: couple more questions have come in for you, Darren. Uh, I've got a Sydney Silky Cross Maltese. When we're out and on a lead, it barks and tries to lunge at any dog. If we're sitting
1: still and a dog comes along, barks and shakes. How do we fix this? Okay, so, so that's down to probably the socialisation that you gave the little puppy um, when it was young. And it probably didn't meet enough dogs so it doesn't actually have the skills to know how to communicate because it's so small it's also going to be quite fearful um so a lot of the behaviors on the lead we see are frustration behaviors so they want to go and say hello to dogs and then we hold them back because they're barking but the barking if it's really high-pitched it's probably just friendly barking saying hello and then we pull them back and they think oh maybe there's something wrong and then they get scared and then the, when the dog comes over, they're like shivering. Okay, so, so if it's a really high-pitched bark, it's likely that you can say hello to the dog and, and they're going to be fine. And once they do, generally speaking, they, they get on. If they're really shaking, that's down to the socialisation though um, and you probably want to do some desensitisation around that. You probably want to, again, list a, a canine behaviourist or a good dog trainer that can help you with that one.
0: Okay. Uh, and question about introducing, how do you introduce a puppy to two established
1: cats? Two established cats, right. So it doesn't matter whether it's established cats or established dogs. With puppies, always have a confinement zone, and that's basically a pen and a crate, and your puppy is in there. The cats then don't have their life ripped apart by this puppy tearing around chasing them because as soon as they get into that chase, then they've got a habit. Mm -hmm. So the puppy's in the pen, and the cats are walking around having a normal life. The puppy will then see these animals just walking around, and it will just, just become normal life. It's called habituation, yeah? It'll be just their normal life where that's just what they do. Um, they never learn to chase. They never learn to, to bite them. Yeah. Then when you bring them out, you hold the puppy on the lead with a collar and then the cat's on your lap and you get them to say hello. All the puppies normally want to do is sniff the cat's bums. Once they do that, they're generally fine. It's just the cats don't generally like that kind of thing. <laughs> but what you don't want is your older cat to have to, again, tell your puppy off, scratch it, because a lot of puppies go into vets with scratched eyes from cats. So you're protecting your puppy, and that's what that pen's all about. We did that. Look, we've got two cats. We've got eight dogs, bar one, who now just looks at the dogs and doesn't want to eat them. They looks at the cats and doesn't want to eat them. They all get on, they all jump on each other, and they all have fun.
0: Okay, Can be done. Can be done. Another question (laughs) in from Nick. We have a six-month-old Rottie, and he
1: sleeps for hours on into the morning. Is he okay? Um, again if you think he's sleeping too much I would get him checked to the vets just in case there's some sort of thyroid issue again I'm not a vet but that's kind of things that we've dealt with over the years so I would definitely get that um, like a, a blood panel done if if you're really worried um, um, but if you exercise him a lot and six months olds don't need huge amounts of exercise okay so if you're giving him hours and hours of running which he shouldn't be at that age then that might just be too much for him if you're if he's engaging in too much excitement then that that downtime is really important but first thing i would do is i would get that checked out medically just just to make sure remember puppies young puppies sleep for hours so six months old isn't that Old. Mm. so they do sleep a lot more than we would expect them to um and that's important that they do that because obviously they're growing lots and he's a big dog so he's going to be growing an awful lot again okay. yeah you worry get it checked out by the vet
0: a final quick question from robin i uh, just wanted to know why my two-year-old schnauzer is always biting her
1: paws do you have any ideas so that sounds like um some sort of allergy i would definitely get that one checked out by the vet um because if you don't get it checked out and if it, is, if it is an allergy then she's probably going to be itching really badly check the pores to make sure that there's nothing stuck in them because quite often that um, fur in between the pores gets quite knotted um, so check that and get a groomer to sort that one out but get it checked by the vets because um, if it is itchy and they do it lots then it becomes a habit and that's a really hard one to get a dog out of even when you've got rid of all the allergens that are causing the itching it just becomes a real habit Okay, good don't
0: stuff. That, definitely not. Good stuff. So, when are you going to have your blog up this week about introducing the,
1: the rescue dogs into the family? Right, so that will go up on my website probably in the next day or two, Okay.
0: There's your, um, there's we'll you your deadline post now. Post You've it. said that yeah, you're going to put it up. You've got to put it up now because uh, there was a lot of detailed information that you gave us that <laughs> I think maybe some people may not have got. So, that is awesome. As always, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much, Dan Rowe. And if anybody wants information, mindfulness for dogs is the place to go. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog, giving our canine friends a voice throughout the world. To find out more about what we do, visit our website at www.mindfulnessfordogs.com.